So, so Mel. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the armed guards at the testing sites that's preventing people from accessing their tests. That's a little weird. It, we are living in BC, eh? Ooh. It's a little weird. I don't see this really happening anywhere else in Canada. Right, because Ontario's actually really protesting everything that BC's already done. And like, oh my god, this is the craziest thing that could happen. I'm like, <laughs> help us. Of Alberta and BC is so small that Justin Trudeau just never, he's just like, meh, dealing with Ontario. There's so much happening in this country right now. With like the, what, Canada pulled our people today, right? Pulled yeah. our staff and their families. Yeah, and then cyber security attack. Like, Oh, yeah, we've been getting all those cyber attacks this week, eh? It, You know it's Putin just being like, Canada, you better stay the fuck out, right? Uh, it's just Putin, like, pissing on us. Stay back, friends, right? It's really bad. It's... So oh, bad. And then so and then crazy. the convoy of truckers <laughs> that's heading to Ottawa, full like QAnon crazies on Instagram and other social media calling for it to be like another January 6th thing where they're going to storm the parliament at like 1.30. I'm like, on a Saturday? Really? Okay. What are you guys no, going to do? What makes me real sad is the money they, the money they made. Oh, they millions on their GoFundMe. Well, it's frozen right now. They have to have a plan for it. It's just, what are you guys going to do well, when you get you to the know why they on Saturday? It. Well, yeah. It's it's like funded by super sus organizations, like the yeah. three percenters. And... It's going to fund a bunch of those truckers that are anti-vaccine. Probably a bunch of cons- extreme conservatives. I shouldn't Extremes. Say this is like the MAGA uprising January 6th in the U.S. at the Capitol. Hey. So they're well, going to we smear poo in their parliament now. like they smear poo in the Capitol. We are on we are on the year four of Trump, right? Yeah. We're like, we're, we've been following the, tri- the timeline. It's just, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. We're following everything that happened in the United States and we're just blind to it because we think we won't do it. No, but this is like exactly, we're on the exact same timeline. Even the... Whatever media and propaganda that the Trump administration was spewing out, we have been following it like verbatim, like like it's a like a curriculum. And people Bonnie like Henry says things that Donald Trump says. She said it today. She said it today. Did you watch the presser? Yes, it was hard to watch. Okay, let's start at the beginning. So Dix <laughs> talked about truth as if he knows anything about it. <laughs> Henry extended her thoughts. Williams like thank you because they believe they found 93 93 graves today yes Williams like so we're back yep. to counting the graves and still pretending as if we're doing anything about it and in reconciliation well we you know the funny thing is Mel and I, I've really been thinking about this lately is that in the beginning they used to say that indigenous people were more susceptible to the virus but they stopped saying that why do you think mm-hmm. they stopped saying that Mel because if, if people realized that they were willingly exposing all of the indigenous population to a mm-hmm. virus that they're susceptible to, mm-hmm. that seems pretty smallpox blankety again. It's just a little genocidally. Just just a little. And it seems really ironic to say that you feel sorry for these things while you're actively still putting them at harm. The The idea of reconciliation... How are we supposed to be reconciled when we don't 
acknowledge what we actively do. It's truth yeah. and reconciliation. Truth and reconciliation. You can't ignore the truth part. You can't. There's nowhere to go without truth. These people think that they can speed to these places and do these things without ever having to tell the truth. You can't. The truth is the truth is the truth, no matter how much you hide it. And it will always come out. That's the will. thing about truth. And it definitely will these days, right? Like, mm -hmm. you are not going to get away with hiding things at this point. No. Um. So Henry started talking about the latest update on the public health response and the changes that will be coming in the days, recognizing it's almost the two-year anniversary of the first case. So here's where she says, we're seeing a gradual decline in our case rates over time. Mel, mm. how can we see declining case rates when we can't test? How is there a decline? I think she means that there's a decline in data coming from the lack of testing. Maybe that's the decline. It's because, you know, if you're not testing and you have armed guards at testing centers not letting people getting tested, then therefore there would be less results. Well, then she also said the leveling off of our test positivity gives you a sense of trends. Leveling off means it just stays at 30, friends. How can case rates go down if test positivity is staying up? I'm confused. I'm confused about everything that's happening. Also, not considering once again that as January hit, private tests started rising. And we're not doing 20,000 public tests. That's a big old lie. Big old lie. We were doing like 9,000 last I checked. And the vaccinations on top of that, there was a... Someone was tweeting today that the convention center in Vancouver was doing walk-ins yeah. because they only had like 3,000 people show up and they had like 8,000 shots available. And so... Yeah, it turns out BC system's not working very well. Why don't you just create every clinic as a walk-in because yep. of the situation we're in? That would make sense. I mean, there's yeah. like Omicron BA2, that's stealth Omicron that we talked about on the last podcast. It's creeping up everywhere now. It's, we definitely have it in BC. Well, Only no one would know because we don't even like <laughs> test or sequence anything. Well, and what Henry said as well, the number of people in hospital remains high and they're putting a significant strain on our healthcare system. But we have evolved our pandemic response because of the changing pandemic. We made many changes, challenging when things are different and new. But she also says we're doing the same thing that worked. So I'm not quite sure. Not quite sure what to make of that. She says everything, so just in case, she said it. So she said, even now with Omicron, some people are still at greater risk, and we need to bear that in mind. That's really convincing the people that spit at people. Bear that in mind. They're vulnerable. I'm glad she's recognizing them. Finally. She also said, the whole older we are, the higher likelihood we are at risk of severe illness. And yeah, I calculated that yesterday. I calculated the total population of our 80 plus, which was about 1.7 million, according to the 2021 population stats. Almost 20,000 have died. Uh, oh, so we wow. killed almost 1.14% of our population over 80 in Canada so far of COVID. 1.14%. That's a lot of people. Yeah, because the population isn't that big at that level. That's our greatest generation. Those were the same people that sacrificed for our country to be here. And we've killed 1.14%. And that's a vast underestimate. We know that's a vast underestimate. 
it's cruel. It's true. It's truly cruel. Um, they're monsters. I have nothing else to say. People question the effectiveness of the vaccine overall. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to start. Dr. Narang on Twitter made a post, I think yesterday, the day before about, uh, how there's, you know, issues with the utility of the boosters and whether everybody needs it and risk benefits. So really interesting that now Henry says this. People question the effectiveness of the vaccine overall. It takes time to put these pieces together. The new virus came on the scene. We are seeing more of the piece of puzzles come together. It shows us how great vaccines are. The boosters also protect against infection. Even with Omicron, we need other protections. We will be extending the BC vaccine card through to June 30th. Only to those over 12, of course. But she went on to say... Multiple studies published in the last days have provided information on Omicron. It tells us that the booster doses give strong protection against Omicron. It also decreases your risk of contracting the virus. It stops your risk of transmission to those around you. It doesn't stop. decreases it. So I'm very confused when Bonnie Henry's own public health is questioning the validity of boosters. It's sending a lot of mixed messages. And you have Correct. people who are vaccine hesitant. They're going to take that and run with it. To call it fully vaccinated three doses literally because they're behind is why. And she said that is because not everybody's had the chance to get a booster. And that's why they won't say it's fully vaccinated. So the VC vaccine card doesn't say fully vaccinated yet because they haven't been able to vaccinate people. I'm not sure she understands the point of the vaccine card. Because now there's underprotected people there. Yeah. I mean, it's still better than no doses, but we're going to have this problem. And she essentially tried to say, like, she'll never change the easy vaccine card. Well, <laughs> see you in six months, Henry. Okay. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what BC does when the rest of the world moves to three dose as fully vaccinated. We're already moving that. Oh, Bird is yeah. already doing fourth doses for immunocompromised, so I don't know. Fourth doses? People are getting fourth doses? People aren't even getting their boosters here. Ontario man. and Alberta are doing fourth doses for immunocompromised. And I'm sure their kids have all gotten their second doses. Like, it's not a problem. Yeah, my son my son is, is getting his second one on Saturday. Eight weeks. See? Yeah. Um, so once again, she's warning us. Those of us, those of us that are vulnerable. People with immunocompromised need to take extra precautions. Other people should be aware. Follow the public health orders. Okay. Okay. Survive. Survive the BC Hunger Games. You're on your own. Is it possible for BCers to drive to another province and get like their booster or their kids no. get their boosters? No. No, the booster... they have to stay in their province. Yeah, boosters aren't offered to out of province yet. So my mom's in in Alberta here with me on and off, and she can't get her. She has her booster invite for BC now, but she can't get it in Alberta because it's not for non-residents yet, which is bonkers. We're all Canadians, bonkers, bonkers, bonkers. Uh, so she said precautions like wearing good quality masks in indoor crowded settings isn't a good idea, but not hospitals or schools, right? She's still refusing to say that a, a N95 is not better than a well-fitted cloth mask. The woman will die on this mask kill. She hates masks, clearly. However, Mel, I will talk about, she said something about children masks later, which scared me, to be honest. Oh, actually, next did this comment did too. 
Um, today, NACI updated their guidance around childhood vaccines for those mm -hmm. 5 to 11. Language has been strengthened for additional doses for children. Um, 5 to 11 thankfully remain at low risk, but the number of children hospitalized has gone up with uh, infections. So they have strengthened the recommendation to say that all children 5 to 11 should be vaccinated. It recommends at least eight weeks between first and second dose. And we want to make sure we are protecting children for the long run. We know that the extended interval gives the immune system a better chance to respond in BC. <laughs> so they, the, even though Nancy is saying eight weeks, um, she's still refusing. She's making it six months. Wow. Um, but if anyone remembers, she, okay, because she said after, she was like, I'm really happy that they finally used this strengthened recommendation and I'm like um that's funny considering Henry was the one that was like questioning children's vaccines remember that mm -hmm. yeah in August her PHOs were talking about how we might not we might not vaccinate children because of the risk benefit analysis so I remember who started that conversation Henry even if you pretend not to don't we have such a low like vaccine uptake right in BC for kids exceptionally low now, why do you think it's low, Mel? Telling people that it's not going to harm children. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she also made changes and opened up youth sports tournaments again. You know, the tournaments where nobody's actually vaccinated properly yet, and it's actually spreading huge amounts of, among them right now. Oh, that's such a great idea to encourage more variants to brew. Why wouldn't, like, why would you, you already opened schools. And they're getting that interaction you said they need. You forced it upon them. Some people that don't even want to go back. Why would you do the sports too? In a time when it's peaking and it's spread among children. This is this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. She thinks that only a few kids are going to die and this will get it over with. Right? Ridiculous. Oh, oh, the funniest part. I laughed out loud when this happened, Mel. I laughed out loud. She specifically talked about how many institutions went back to in-person learning, second post-secondary institutions, and how pleasing and proud that those institutions opened. You know why she said that, Mel? Because there's a bunch of students organizing walkouts in universities right now. Student and UBC refused to open. Yeah. They they're not opening till February. <laughs> oh, UBC that she kept saying we're the greatest when they listened to her. And now all of a sudden she's saying she's pleased and proud of only the universities that opened in person. Oh, UBC, you fell off her little list. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. It's so okay. You still have all your links connected to each other, so it's not going to change that much. This is where Henry said young people have been very differentially impacted and children have been so harmed by the pandemic, except all the dead older people or the people that lost their, you know, parents. Um, she said she's worked with the early childhood sector. She's worked so hard with them and they've changed. They've they've answered lots of the questions and they posted updated guidelines so the people can read that. Oh, man, this woman, she does not want to have any sort of accountability to anyone. eh? She wants to just post these orders. She doesn't she doesn't think she owes anybody an answer. Just slap that order on the where and yeah. that's the decree. She just thinks she owes nothing to us. I don't it's, you can tell it when people ask her questions too, right? Like that they're above having to be there and answer our questions. Right? And then she says, long-term care and assisted living has seen a sharp increase in cases. 
this is where the increase continues. People are becoming ill, but less people are dying, except 41 people uh, from hospital-acquired or, or long-term care and acute care, they died in 40, 41 people, right? 41. Like, it was just like a casual mention. 41, by the way, 41 people died in right. January. We're back. We're, we're, we are where we were last year at this time. It's second, the second wave all over again. Mm -hmm. It's going to be older people that die. Nobody gives a fuck. I give a fuck, Mel. I give a fuck. And my grandmother's home is in outbreak again. I saw that. A third of their home died. 57 of 59 people became ill. And now the same patients that survived that are in outbreak again because we won't fucking test anybody or do anything? Holy smokes, do you disrespect those people's lives. Didn't die the first time, I guess, so they're just going to let it go. How dare any of these people get up on, on Remembrance Day and say that they respected the old? How dare you? I will quote every one of those people that died. How can you say on Remembrance Day that you value these people when you are letting them die every day without precautions, without testing, without any plan, without visits? And the lack of staff, the reports coming about out about like care homes. Family members. Are taking care of their yeah, family members, but also the, the smell in these facilities because there's no one there to take care of these people. Like, no the report coming out is horrible. Oh, right. And we already had the report. We already had a report on Little Mountain, right? Yeah. On what happened, you know? And what did they do? They threw it aside and they said, we're not going to worry about that till the end. And what do they say every time these concerns come up? We'll worry about it at the end. We can't worry about it at the end. People are dying right now. People already died. Not a sit tight and assess situation. It's why are we waiting for more now. children to die? Why are we waiting for more children to die before we do any basic measures? Why is that our line? Why is the line the least restrictive measures to let some children die? I don't understand. I don't understand. Henry said that our reality is that COVID is here with us right now and we are not over it. Um, I meant it wasn't going to be as bad with deaths, but we knew that hospitalizations were going to rise, right? Mm -hmm. But remember, remember on December 31st when she said that we weren't going to have a wave at all? <laughs> that it was just mild. That the hospitalized. Just remember when Dr. Ballum uh, was crossing her fingers that hospitalizations didn't rise? Right? And Henry was standing beside her for that? That was their plan, was crossing their fingers, hoping hospitalizations didn't rise, right? And right now, we're hitting the two-week mark of kids being in schools. Yeah, it's going to explode this week. This week. Yeah, well, a lot of places are seeing a second pickup, right? Mm-hmm. A second bump, and then it sustains itself because it takes a while for Omicron to kill people. Yeah, the reinfection happening too, right? It's not just the kid that's getting sick, it's the them bringing it home and infecting everyone else around them too right so that takes time yeah so january 16th the 22nd dick said they canceled 719 surgeries uh, but says they're still doing surgeries so yay go dicks he said control again because that seems to do something oh and then he got a really sour face when the questions were about to be asked and i was laughing at them because i'm like you guys are so angry that you have to answer questions i'm so happy right now <laughs> Um, so Zussman was up first and he asked, 
so the restrictions were based on the science in Delta. Where exactly in science shows you that a wedding is less safe than a 9,000 person hockey game? And Henry's response was not science and <laughs> stated she's presented the risk settings, you know, the definitions she made with no actual data uh, that we've seen. Uh, there's a variety of things we look at, like gyms. We do know it is in those group settings where we are coming together, where we are with people we care about. Weddings are a perfect example. Yes, there are measures in place in a sequential way, the highest risk settings. Then we mitigate with mitigation in lower risk settings like hockey arenas. There is lots of space and ventilation with smaller capacities. There's a vaccine card and you're at a seat. So it's much less risky than if you're at a club or dancing. Here we are seated again, Mel. <laughs> COVID doesn't attack the seated. <laughs> Everyone sit down. Everyone virus will just go up, <laughs> go my over your head. In, when my hospital's in outbreak, I'll just sit on the floor. <laughs> sit on the floor. You I'll just crawl infected. to my clients, right? And then I'll have a lower <laughs> risk. Lord Almighty, this is the stupidest shit. God, it's like sitting in a classroom. But if you're sitting in a desk, you right, can't right, affect right, anyone right. if you're listen, facing listen. forward. <laughs> Listen, this is her definition based on risk. These are the high risk settings. It's indoor spaces with poor ventilation, with less space, with less consistent mask wearing. You mean like classrooms? <laughs> That's exactly what a classroom is, actually. You mean like classrooms with snotty children? Because that sounds like a classroom, Mel. <laughs> Just it's, saying. It's like a stuffy, crowded, with no ventilation. Yeah, that would be a classroom with 30 kids packed in it, 30 plus kids packed in it. Okay, here was here was Henry's best lack of responsibility and just sheer libertarianness of ugliness coming through. Follow-up question by Zussman. Uh, seeing situations where uh, really privileged people or people stretching themselves are having to buy rapid tests for like $50 a test. Eh, people are, you know, price gouging and increasing the prices to like $150. What's going on since we're clearly, you know, we're being limited in the tests we can get in the province? Henry. I can't talk about pricing of rapid tests on the private market. There's a global shortage. Uh, no, there isn't. Um, literally, all my friends in every other country get rapid tests. Literally, mm -hmm. every other country I know of. Yeah. The Their U.S. is mailing it. it to them. Yes. You can pick up rapid tests in the grocery stores for free in Europe. And other provinces are doing it. <laughs> I'm not sure how stupid she thinks we are, Mel. Uh, right. The gaslighting. That's what makes it so infuriating. It's She thinks we don't have people we know in other parts of the world. We are not aware of how other parts of the world are doing things. I mean... It's unbelievable. Or she thinks I'm actually going to buy her white bullshit that my kids are somehow too white to wear a mask. Fuck off. That's not my Canada. We're not doing this. I'm not doing this white eugenics bullshit. We're not fucking doing it. I'm not entertaining it anymore. Right? Like, these are our community members. They are dying. I'm done. She extended the vaccine card to end of July. 
I mean, she's so, it's embarrassing. She said, like, we were expanding the vaccine card program in August. We were looking at that wave then. And then Omicron, you know, surprised them. Why did Omicron surprise them? They're the only people in the world that are surprised by Omicron at this point. I know. They're constantly learning. What? Learning what? You haven't done anything to demonstrate you've learned anything. She also said it would be a short wave and that we wouldn't see hospitalizations increase. People, how long are you going to listen to this woman for? How many times can someone get this wrong? Literally nine, what what are we on? Ten months of this podcast, we have more accurately called every single wave, with the exception of how wide wave P1 was going to be in severity, but it still was as widespread because they just didn't tell us, with the exception of that, have killed it compared to public health in British Columbia. Why, Mel? Because I have no experience in public health. <laughs> are we so, that? And, and then I'm going to have that conversation because like, people yeah. are like, "Oh, why, 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 why should we listen to you?" And I'm like, "Why should you listen to me? But why am I getting it right? There's a problem here. You should yeah. be asking why I'm getting it right, and she's not. I'm not this trying to say I'm a qualified record. public health person. I'm just a human with a smart brain looking at the situation going, what the fuck? Yeah. We understand how to interpret data. There <laughs> is no data to even fucking interpret at this point when they won't even give us the data they and they're interpreting it. nothing, right? Like they're still interpreting an April 2020 school survey, right? Like it's bonkers. It's bonkers. I'm gone. I got this. Not gonna lose my shit. Okay. I love how they say adapt, but they also rely on saying they are doing the same things that worked. Good logic. Really good logic going on in BC. Okay, so there was a question about the booster dose for the vaccine card again. Henry said uh the federal card program is gonna be different. BC doesn't plan to add the third boost booster on, uh, because not everybody has been eligible. Uh, she said it's much more important for them to have this six-month interview interval because she's doing long-term planning, and she thinks that we'll, she's hopeful we'll be in a different place by June. Mel? Are we oh, back to opening up and everything like How we did last How many Junes summer? do I have to suffer through this woman? Wow. June is my anniversary month for my wedding, and she's going to ruin a third one for me. They are reevaluating on an ongoing basis. It is all about using the least restrictive means so we can keep balance and keep things open. And listen to this because she made a goal post change the entire time to now. What has been the point? Preservation of the healthcare system, right? And prevent healthcare system from more strain than right now was her goal today oh today right let me read that again it's all about the least restrictive means so we can keep balance and keep things open and prevent healthcare system from more strain than now so she's actually okay with how it's operating right now and burning out all our workers as long as it doesn't get worse this sounds like they're planning for a long wave like they're just planning to ride it out again, like they did with Delta with that plateau. And then it was weeks and weeks of deaths, right? This is sounding really familiar, Mel. Because if the goal is just to 
stop it from getting worse now, then that's not actually a functioning healthcare system because we've already collapsed and people aren't getting the services they need. There's not going to be anyone left to ride out this plateau. There's not right. going to be anyone and left. And there weren't fewer workers that were sick this week. So what about next week? We can't stay at the same level of workers and increase services, right? And if you take restrictions and there's any more sickness and any more workers go out, we are riding a very fine line here. Very fine line. Um, so Henry was asked, why are you letting children tournament, not adult? And she said, we know that adult tournaments are a very important social event, and that's a riskier situation. Do you oh. think children aren't crowding in tournaments? You don't think the parents are talking to each other no, in those I, tournaments? I don't understand. Has this woman ever interacted with a child? Oh. <laughs> uh, she said it's essentially sports are needed for growth and development of children. Mel, what about the children that are too poor to have sports? Are they just fucked for life? They're broken? They, they just don't count, I guess. They don't. They didn't develop. They never had sports. What hmm. a... What a white eugenics-y thing to say, hey? So privileged. And my children need to ballet. Grandmas might be dying everywhere, but as long as my children has their ballet. And that's how some people think. Some people might listen to this and get a hoity-toity I say that. Well, you're probably that person that thinks that, so shoot. Not interested. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to argue about the value of life. I'm not. No. I believe what I believe. And I believe every value is the same for our lives, right? Like, I don't believe that we can hierarchy people. And if that's your argument, go away. I'm not having it with you. And anyone who calls themselves any sort of religious person and thinks that you can assign value to life, you should probably read your Bible again. The, to think that we have the ability to, to render the ultimate judgment on people and give them death because we think it's worth it for our economy. Woo! Man, we're going down a dark path as humanity. They're going to have like a nasty surprise if they are so religious. They're going to have a nasty surprise in the end if they think they're the ones that they can like make that This is my call. struggle, Mel. We've talked about this before. Is I, I won't even say I'm, I, I wouldn't call myself atheist anymore. I'm, I don't know what I am, Mel. We've talked about this. Is that <laughs> I, uh, I have many ideas and I don't. I don't believe in God presently, or I don't have that belief system. I wish I did because mm. uh, one of my one of my core struggles in in all of this is is lacking that framework and and wondering about ultimate justice, right? And wondering about how can people cause the harm that they do and just get to do it. Yeah. Right. And if you don't have a theistic based belief or a belief of ultimate justice. God, life is painful, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's sort of my experience of it as a person who doesn't have that framework is like, if you don't have something to believe in an ultimate form of justice, it's incredibly uh, hopeless watching humanity do this to themselves. Yes. Right? Um, and I don't have a solution to that because I can't magically make myself believe in God. I've tried. I'm working on it. <laughs> um, seeing if that happens, but not so far. It's a very strange experience for me. I have a lot of weird things. Yeah, just working through that. But but it also makes me question, like, all the people who call themselves all these sorts of religious God-fearing people. Yes. Really? Really? What do you think God would say to you thinking, you saying that a, a disabled child is worth your restaurant? What do you think God would say to that? 
Because last I checked, that's not the god that most people tell me about when they talk about it, Mel. What about you? What do you think? You you believe in in more things than I do. So, what in your system does that make sense to your gods? If if we value restaurants and our own selfishness over children's lives, over their elders' lives. Well, no. I mean, it goes against everything that. I mean, we clearly, value God must only core. must mostly like the healthy, uh, prime aged well-suited people right like the the best specimens biologically god all, all clearly favors them right that's not the type of religion that that uh i ascribe to i'm sorry i was uh, brought up anglican christian and, right. that... and everything i've heard too i believe they said every life is life because we're all humans and we all have the same value to god do we not yeah, all life is life, and we sh- we are not the ones who have the right to decide that. I mean, even morally and ethically, who are we to decide that one group or subset of group of people is less worthy of life than others? And based on what? The balance in their bank account or their what? Their skin color their privilege what their ability why would, to work from home yeah i mean why why would one subset of group of people be more valuable than another or a family that is struggling with health issues or with cancer or with intergenerational trauma why is why is that why because you're privileged I mean, only the privilege to really say that shit. <laughs> Come on. Henry said another interesting today, which concerned me, which was about kids' masks. Yeah, here we go talk about kids' masks. She was asked about kids from K to 3 and about the mask policies and stuff. And, and Henry said, our thinking about masks globally has evolved over time. She says the comfort in all of us wearing them and what mask and whatever is partly in who we are talking to. She said she talked to young people in her life that told her that they adapt to the masks and they're okay with it. First of all, I want to bring to attention that it seems like Henry had never met a child until that point and then asked the one child that she knew about masks, uh, but waited two years to do that. So I'm not quite sure how well she knows this child if it took that long to ask them their opinion about masks. Also, this is strange from Henry because she's actually being pro-mask in this, because she goes on to say the virus has changed. When you have more of it circulating, each layer becomes more important. As we're moving into more infectious strains and having those outbreaks, it became more important to have that extra barrier. Um, Are we going back to Swiss cheese layers of protection then? We looked carefully at the data around the world. The one thing that is clear is that there are very little harms from mask wearing in settings. Children can adapt to it. Well, good. Oh, well, she made sure to step it back and say community settings after. Because obviously oh. school's different than a community freaking setting anyway. And then this person asked about the ramifications of masks, at which I, I asked who is the school asking these questions. Because... Anybody, the question that was asked and the things that were said about, you know, about facial expressions, about emotions, there is research on that. And I've posted that on the damn yes, BC Parent website. 
Um, and there is research on that that shows there's little to no impairment with the exception of they don't recognize fear as well, right? Like there mm-hmm. is research out there. Large places wear masks for entire seasons like Japan. Grow up. Grow up. So Henry said they want to do the least restrictive means possible. And as they move through this wave, they need to take all the protective measures. Strains that rapidly move between people. Um, she also said that there's there's no research that shows value in the community wearing a respirator that is not fit tested, gives any additional protection above a well-fitted mask. Uh, so she's choosing words carefully. Very, very wordy. Yes. Um, because she's it, she would... What she would say, I, I expect, if called on that, would be that, um, well, I said that in that specific setting, a respirator wasn't benefit, but there was it wasn't applied generally, right? Like all of this wily language, which we've talked about episode after episode, is protective, right? It's vague and it's wor- worded in a way so that there's flexibility for if it comes to class actions. Because what does she do when she talks about class actions? Well, she laughs about it. She yeah. does these things knowing that these things are coming. And the well, language is coming. a part of it. There's a reason yes. she has a PR person for three years of this, right? There's a reason yes. she's having a paid PR person on top of everything else is because they are prepared for class actions. They word these things for a reason. That's the entire purpose of that person's job. Um, Henry stating she does not know what is coming, but then she said she thinks she knows and it'll get better by June. Okay. It's <laughs> just fucking bonkers, man. It's She's like fucking, saying uh, the Omicron is mild and then in another, in the same breath saying right. it's she not She also said innocuous. Omicron wasn't going to raise hospitalizations. Um, so I can't, and she said it was a two week wave and we're three weeks in. I don't think we can believe her. I don't think we can believe her. Um, okay, this is what made me concerned. She said, there will be times in the future when mask wearing in public places will be important again. What does Henry know that we don't, Mel? Why is Henry all of a sudden saying that children should wear masks? Yes. And uh, that we're going to have to use layers of protection? This is language she has cleared, like, very clear of. Very clear, especially around children and masks. And all of a sudden, there's this shift that she is... She's it's almost like a preparation. I think there's more kids sick than she's letting us know. I agree. And I think that there's probably a preparation in some way that they expect that things could escalate, get worse, whether that's um, Omicron and somehow affecting the healthcare system, whether that's BA1, 2 hitting and we don't know something yet, but something that seems to suggest something's going to hit and they might induce restrictions again. Mm-hmm. Right. They're yeah. pre- that language is the introduction. That's an introduction yeah. back in because all the language up to this point was was away from that. And all of a sudden it's, well, we might have children wearing masks in public settings again, right? We might have to extend the vaccine and program. And she not wanted to say stuff like that. So Mm-mm. this presser to me stood out that something's happening that we don't see. That yeah. there's something happening behind the scenes. I don't know what it is, but there was a shift today in a way that... She's couching for it to get worse. Mm-hmm. She's couching for it to get worse and for them to have to introduce something at a future date. That's what I'm taking from it. Um, that's just my thought. Nobody has to believe me. I guess we'll find out if it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm just talking about mass little restrictions. Oh, the update on the field hospitals space acquired. Well, Mel, 
What did Adrian <laughs> finally say today that Crystal has been saying word for word for 10 months now on this podcast? It's not the space. It's the people. Literally from the last podcast, which we mm-hmm. repeated multiple times, he said, I think Adrian's been listening to do our podcast because I swear he sounded like me. He said a line for line word of me. He said that uh, it's not the beds or the space. It is the people. That is the most significant thing because uh, they were looking for space for a field hospital, but they don't have enough staff for a field hospital. They don't have enough staff for the hospitals they have now. It's so terrifying. Like it would take like another natural disaster and then right, people everything are saying, would just collapse. Well, this is like hospitalizations were this high in January 2020. And I'm like, do you know how many staff we had then? Yeah. Do you know what the hospitals were operating at? Because we are on skeleton crews, my friend. We are on skeleton crews. We are on new faces everywhere, poking into units, crossover, like nurses shifting between things. We are on skeleton crews. People are being redeployed to other units. Units are, 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 you know, day units are shutting down and those nurses are going to urgent care units so that they can cover those spaces because, and this is across BC and Alberta, right? They're both in very similar positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not the bed or the or, or the space. And I've said that for a year and I've said that it was going to be cumulative and here we are. It was, yeah. right? You treated them like this for two years and you are reaping what you sow, Adrian. It was asked why kids are so less vaccinated in BC. And then Henry went on about how great Newfoundland is and how she's from there. Um, and how she was disappointed by Nassie's lack of strong language in the beginning. Mel? Wow. <laughs> she had her PHO people in August giving seminars about how they didn't know if they were going to recon- recommend the second um, vaccination for people and whether it would be beneficial. So mm-mm, that's a bullface lie. Mm-mm, I am not taking it. She is Trump. She literally just, she says whatever. She's like, oh no, I said that. I was in agreement with the right thing. I was right. Yeah, that thing. That was what I said. Yep. And she said everything. So you'll find a clip of her saying it because God knows she said everything under the freaking sun. Oh, and this is, oh, Mm. Mm, you'll love this one. Young people are being infected. And yes, the rate of hospitalization and illness is low, but more and more number of children are in the hospital. We are seeing that here. Kids can also get really sick. It's not innocuous, as I've said. As I've said? Oh, I thought you said it was mild in children. Especially in children. Yeah. So she said she's just happy Nassie came out with this advice and said that finally. Okay, the next part's even worse. It just keeps getting worse. We We kept getting worse in these questions. Oh, okay. So then the question comes, Okay, about death reports in BC, how concerned are you with the deaths that are being reported might not be capturing everything considering the stats Canada difference in the excess death reports that came up by, uh, I can't say your name right now, Moriarty. 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 And if you recall when that article came out, which was a peer reviewed um, science based journal mm-hmm. or science based uh, group, uh, she said that she rejects it essentially and she took it with a grain of salt that was what she said about the paper which was the most ridiculously disrespectful thing i've heard in a while Mm -hmm. um from act like a professional to a professional anyway like in the public eye um and then she says about this well my team has been analyzing the excess death reports and we'll be presenting on it soon oh we have a special relationship with the coroner service 
All of that is terrifying to me, Mel. All of that is screaming to me that that is not a good thing. Like, oh my goodness, don't trust anything that they say in that presentation. Holy smokes. No, there's been this paper about it saying that we're doing poorly, but actually I'm going to report on it. And you know what? We've actually been over-reporting death smell. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. Wow. Wow. We are confident that there's not a lot of people dying that we don't know about. Wow. We've done that analysis. Wow. The doubling down. This is the Trumpian doubling down. She's also just ignoring the <sighs> unaccounted for dead people as if it doesn't exist. I um she wow. just doesn't she refuses to acknowledge that happened. I happen like a few years down the road when we have to when there's a full on freaking public inquiry and an audit. Like, the well, numbers that are come out is going to be just like, wow. Well, and she said, as I mentioned earlier, that most, a lot of the people even dying in community, if it's not LTC or acute care, it's it's community members that are 80 older, like my grandfather that's living in the community after his wife died in long-term care. Um, and we've already killed 1.14% of Canadians over 80 in Canada, right? And we're still killing them right now. We're probably going to just keep increasing that. And that's just with reported deaths. Um, but she also said that in January, BC has had deaths in their 30s, 40s, and 50s of people with no com- comorbidities. That should be a huge warning flag for anyone that was paying attention. But how can anyone pay attention to Who's, the word salads that come out? And they don't present it in any sort of way that it's easily accessible, that it's mm. understandable, right? Like, you could give me these daily stats and I could make you an Im- infographic easily, right? Mm-hmm. Right. They could. And I offered to help them time and time again. Hell, I'll offer it now on the podcast because I know some of them listen. Is that I'll come on. I'll do it for freaking free. Give me the daily numbers and I'll make an infographic if you work with me. Like, just do it. I would do that. Right. I offered to do the school survey. There are all sorts of people that have tried to offer their services and they refuse to take it. They refuse to listen to the modeling group. They refuse to listen to the people that have expertise in these things too. And Bonnie Henry, for some reason, thinks that she's the golden fucking goose of public health, even though 90% of everything she says is wrong. We have experts from around the world going, what the hell is happening in BC? There's international attention on this province, on the on the mishandling of this pandemic. And I the doubling down is just no, like it's just yes it's 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 we're at the frustrating part of this yeah so then the follow-up question was asked okay well seems like there's a lot of people dying over 70 what new strategies are we doing to reduce that and she was like well the same strategies work so we're doing those there you go and then it ended. And my final thought was I'm very concerned that Henry has done an about face on children related issues with masks and vaccines. Um, because when she's put so much effort into that narrative, and it's clearly been the narrative she's had from the start, mm-hmm. what possibly could have happened that made her change her mind? Was it pressure from Tam? Um, maybe was it that there's been such an increase in hospitalization? She's going to have to admit how bad the impact's been on children, those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering whether she's going to blame it on the lag in South African data, even though we talked about that lag in data and we knew yeah. children were getting hit even before the lag in death data. So there, there's not a whole lot that she's going to be able to say that we won't be able to push back on. Um, not that that matters and she doesn't still have a job, but at least it's recorded for history somewhere. Um, because it really, she's, it sounds like she's prepping me that children are getting hit. 
right? She's talking about children vaccinated. She's talking about children masks. We she's she mentioned specifically today and just slipped it in there that children hospitalizations are on the rise. Yeah, right? you, you open schools fully and kids are not vaccinated. And we're what at the two-week mark of happen? children being open, so I suspect that children hospitalizations are picking up quite heavily now. Yeah, I'm terrified right now for what that looks like. And I really, I'm sad that we probably are just waiting for another death at this point of a child in BC. Right. Because I actually remember, Mel, when we were talking about no children dead in BC. It's and that still, was still the goal. Like so long ago. Feels like so long ago. And that was still the goal. And that was still a possibility and they accepted it as a possibility. Um, but somewhere that changed and all we can do is keep recording it. Right. Yeah. And that's a reminder to people that listen to is like, right now is just terrible. It's terrible to experience as a human. Um, and I don't actually think it's going to get much better, even in the foreseeable years, to be honest, with what we're watching in the international realm. And and it's okay to want to help people. And I've been getting good reminders on this, but like, we have to survive at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We have to survive. Um, so everybody just needs to take care of themselves and take the breaks they need and, and do what you can to help each other and have community and, and, and just be there because, uh, we have to survive together so that they can be held accountable. Because at the end of the day, there are more of us than them. Stay safe. Keep your family safe. Hold your family close. Yeah. And and do what you need to do to stay safe. And don't be sorry yeah. for it. Yeah. Don't be sorry for it. No. Do not feel pressure to send your kid to wherever. Don't feel pressured to put yourself or your family in a situation where you're not comfortable with. No, because at the end of the day, they've put us in a position that we have to care for ourselves. Well, yeah. They're not because we don't know what's this. around us. We have no idea what's going on. We have no idea. No. So you all you can do this. is stay safe. And to those who are in positions that are impossible, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I truly think of 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 people such as yourselves every day and struggle with those ideas and, and, and with the pain that is going on. And if you need anything, just please reach out to me on Twitter because I will always be there. And that's all, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's it for our presser recap. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Talk to you later.